I love talking about dating. I love talking about love. I love talking about rejection. And I'm so grateful to Bella Gandhi. Bella, welcome. It's so wonderful to be here with you. I'm so excited and honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, Bella's the best. Bella is the founder of the Smart Dating Academy, and she's host of the Smart Dating Academy podcast. You might have seen her on Steve Harvey. She's a regular guest. You might have caught one of her appearances on Good Morning America. And the thing about Bella is she tells it like it is. She is smart. She's been doing this for how many years now, Bella? 14. 14. And you know what you're talking about when it comes to dating and relationship and rejection and love and all the things, Bella, this is what I was thinking about is there's no class on dating and relationship, especially for so many of the students who I help. And like, how do we learn? Well, better than this, forget even how do we learn? I want to go in fast and furious. Okay. I want to know how do I get a girlfriend or boyfriend or partner? And I'm not talking about me because I have, I have, a, have girl- a wife. <laughs> I have a wife. <laughs> I don't have a girlfriend. I was trying to be clever. But Bella, how do I, this is the most popular question. How do I get a boyfriend, girlfriend, or partner? I mean, it's not that hard, right? The question is, do you want any boyfriend, girlfriend, or partner? And the answer to that for me, especially if you're high school, college, young adult listening to this is no, you want someone who is really good for you, really good to you, because the people you date become the people you marry, right? And marriage divorce rates, first marriages, 40 to 50% of those divorce for second marriages, 67% end up in divorce. And when we talk about giving it a sporty third try, third marriage, 74% of those go to splitsville. So I, the answer to that is how do you do this in the right way where you don't necessarily bring your past or things that you saw at home that were dysfunctional into your present? Okay. So I'm going to push back because I have, I have shared videos where I say, you have options. Like you, you can always date. Being single is a choice. And a lot of people don't recognize when they're single, they're making a choice because they think, well, there's no one that really wants me. But if you talk to enough people during your everyday routine, you will find people who want you, right? Like 100%. That is it. Absolutely. So you will find people who want you. But I think there's so many people who, who don't even know how, how to start. Like they're so nervous because there's no instruction like, and I know you work a lot with, and and we have a lot of parents who are in second or third relationships who listen to this and have, you know, they're single. So not only do we have our college students and our 20 somethings, we've got their parents as well. But when it comes to that question of like, you say it's easy, but like for people who are listening and they're like, I'm alone and I really want to love somebody and I don't think it's that easy. What do you say to them? No, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying there's a lid to every pot. So if you want to be in a relationship, if you want to get out there and dating, you're right. It's not easy. You can't just sit there, you know, Netflix and chilling with yourself expecting like, you know, the Uber Eats person to be, you know, the the love of your life. You have to have a plan and you have to start to take active steps 
in that direction. So it's not just going to fall into your lap. Right. And, and I think it's really important. You have to do something. Cause if you don't do something, then you just have to wait for someone else to do something, which makes you feel very out of control. I think, you know, when you are relying on other people to be the ones to create your love life for you, you have no, you have no control, right? Well, and you also fall into scarcity then if you're waiting for someone else to do something for you and one person comes along, right? You're more willing to accept someone that's not really that great for you. That might have red flags, might not be that nice to you because you haven't created other options, right? Options are power. And the more options you have, the easier it is to demand respect, command respect. But I think so many people don't even see that they have options. And, you know, I've dedicated over 20 years, I was writing my advice column, my Help Me Harlan advice column. And you know, we were we were on some shows together and I was offering we sure were. Some, some advice. And that first, like that first step is so hard for so many people. So if you could go into your laboratory, Bella, your love laboratory, and you were to get a 16-year-old who says, I really would love to have someone in my life. What would you tell them the first step is? And, and you can even walk us through a few steps on how you would actually teach someone who is new and has a clean slate how to actually approach dating and relationships. Yeah, I think there's, you know, the first thing to do is you have to decide to do something, right? And you've got to put yourself in arenas where you're actually going to meet people. You have to decide that you're going to engage with people. And once you make those decisions, then I would also tell you how to date the person and what red flags you should be looking for as well. Because these are the things we're never taught, right, Harlan? It's like we're all left to our own devices. Nobody's telling you. It's like if you grew up and your dad was always screaming at your mom growing up, you know, and you're a guy, maybe you think all you have to do in a dating relationship to get what you want is scream. Or if you're the girl, you might think, well, all guys scream because my dad did. And so this is what we're trying to do is really teach people you don't have to accept that if you don't want to. Right. And you're the one who decides what you want. And you're the one that decides the type of relationship you want to have. And I think that's where so many people, you know, they, they struggle because they don't know. And there are no instructions. And I also want to be clear whether somebody's interested in dating a man or a woman or both or someone who's non-binary or wh whatever your sexual orientation Doesn't is. Matter whatever your gender, this is all, I just want everyone to know, like this conversation is all inclusive. Love is love. Love is love. I love, love I is love. You guys, our process doesn't change. People ask me that all the time. I'm Jewish. What do you do for, you know, Jewish singles or I'm non-binary. I'm like, love is love. It doesn't matter. We might check different boxes for who we're looking for. But other than that, that's it. Red flags are red flags. Yeah. Green flags are green flags. Yeah. So, so I think it takes a lot of practice, like people need to start. And a lot of times they don't know how to start or where to start. So, you know, I like to really help people to do that and walk them through. So I want to, I want to progress in our conversation in a, in a very linear way, which is almost impossible for me. It's not going to happen, but at, at least I'm trying to start in a, in a very linear progression with the question of, okay, how do I get, how do I get somebody? And when I, when I answer that, it's not about getting something because then it's like receiving. 
Um, I feel like it's how do you meet someone? How do you share your life with someone? How can you find someone who you enjoy being with? Now, one of the things I think is really challenging for so many people is approaching dating with an understanding that you're enough. You know, approaching dating in relationship with an understanding that if you don't like me, if you don't want me, if you don't respond the way I want, I'm still enough. And totally. How how many of the people who you've worked with, you know, even before taking that first risk when it comes to dating, the idea of how important is it to actually like yourself, love yourself, think you're enough? It's really important. And if you struggle with self-worth, right, and you don't look in the mirror and love everything you see, that's fine. That doesn't mean you have to be like, I love me. I'm amazing. But you have to know what your standards are. And then you don't dip beneath those standards. And I'm not saying I want someone who's six feet tall and I want someone who makes this much money. I'm talking about how you want to feel in this relationship and how you want to be treated. Yeah. It's important. It's important to at least have have those things that are important. So your wants. So someone who wants to date and they want to meet someone. I, I I like to add that like you approach. I like when people approach dating with an understanding. If you like me, that's great. If you don't like me, I'm okay. And there's more than enough. And I'm more than enough. How do you feel about that? I love that. I love that. And you are enough. And remember, most people aren't right for you. Okay. So it's okay. And when you adopt that mindset, I always say, bless them and release them, right? If they, if that you go out on two dates with them and you get the, Hey, I'm not feeling the romantic match vibes. Fine. Bless and release my rule of thumb. I want the person you're with to like you just a little bit more than you like them. Okay. Now, according to Bella's rule of dating, they should, it's like 5149. If they don't want to be with you, they haven't met our rule. Bye. Bless and release. Right. So you want someone who wants to be with you. You don't want to be with someone who you have to convince to be with you. No, Um, no chasing. Beg them to be with you, send them text messages to be with you. So, okay, let's go. If someone likes you, they won't leave you guessing. Do you hear that everyone? They, you, they won't leave you guessing. Harlan, in your relationships that were good, did you ever have to wonder, oh my God, does she like me? No. Uh, when, when I started to think that, you know, that's when things started to get bad because that's when I started to feel like I wasn't enough and I was threatened that someone I was dating would find someone better and realize that I wasn't the best choice. And the idea of not having someone like me is terrifying because Bella, here, here's a little more, more backstory. So for me, I was really an overweight teenager and, you know, I was really funny and loving and kind. And I, I thought my weight really defined me and it really scarred me because I felt like I wasn't enough. Even now I still have body image issues. I don't like taking my shirt off. I, you do too. It's, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's stuck with me. So when I was like 17, I lost a lot of weight. I lost like, you know, 50 pounds, 60 pounds. Wow. And my, my body changed, but my brain was still the same. And I could have been successful dating 50 pounds heavier if I had just appreciated and embraced who I was, but I then didn't feel like I was enough. And then when I was dating someone, when someone liked me, I thought it was a miracle. Really? Like, I was like, oh my gosh, this girl likes me. This is so weird. No one likes me. So, and I think a lot of people feel this way. And then, and the thing is all of my insecurities and self-rejection were just three years or two years, like 24 months behind me. So then 
when someone liked me, it was, it was super exciting. But then I was so scared that they would break up with me. And then eventually I met, you know, they broke up with me. Then I met like the love of my life who I didn't marry, um, who broke up with me when I was in college. It was a long distance thing. And, and one of the things I hung on to it as long as I could, because I was so scared I couldn't find anyone else. And do you, do you find that people do that? Yeah, it's scarcity, right? And you hang on to something for too long, you romanticize it, even though it might not be that great, but it's really about, it's really this fear of being alone again. Yeah, and I think that links to so many things. And I know we're gonna talk about like, how do you get someone's number and and when do you text? And, but that that piece of, can you be alone? You know, like, are you able to be alone? Like, how important is that? You know, I think we're wired to want one-on-one relationships, right? That's how human beings were monogamous creatures um, by nature. I, you know, I think appreciating yourself and being able to be alone with yourself and enjoy your own company, that's much bigger than just dating. That's sort of part of being human, right? You know, my parents, my mom would always say, you come into the world alone and you die alone. You have to enjoy your own company and be comfortable doing things on your own. It's okay to go out to dinner by yourself. It's okay to go sit at a bar by yourself. I have clients that are in their forties that all their friends are married or people can't vacation when they want to. They go on vacations on their own. Yeah. So being alone doesn't mean you need to be lonely. And I think a lot of a lot of teenagers, especially a lot of teenagers going through COVID and, and not having your people and not having your places and really being forced to be isolated was really scary and traumatic for a lot of people. And, and I think it's really important that anyone in any relationships, like you're saying that human condition of like, you have to be okay being on your own or you don't have to, I hate absolutes. It's really important to be okay on your own because when you're on your own, you're always okay. Like when you can be with you, you always have someone, you always have love in your life. Yeah, it's so, so true. I love that you and yourself. And when you don't beat yourself up for not having a friend with you, when you're just like, wow, I'm so lucky I get to go to this movie on my own. I love hanging out, bring your book, glance at your phone, but being okay with being on your own, number one. And so many people make the mistake of thinking, well, I don't have any love in my life. Think about all of the love that exists in your life. If you think about the people that love you, we are surrounded by love. We just choose to ignore that fact. I'm like, you are love. You were created in love, number one. And you have so many people that love you. Don't forget that. Yeah. I think it's really hot when um, like someone I'm interested in doesn't need me. Like the idea like that they could be okay. They were okay before I came into their life and they would be okay if I wasn't in their life, they'd be sad. But being in, having me in their life and me having someone in my life, it's a choice. Like we're, we're, we're choosing our best choice. And, and I look at dating through the lens of we all have choices and we continue to choose to get, we continue to choose to be together. And we're constantly, you know, you've been married for how many years? 26. 26. And you choose to be with your partner. Yes, every day. And 
and it's work, right? It's not soul crushing work, but it's work to stay together, right? There's no relationship like a rom-com where, you know, you just sail off into the sunset. They should have dot, 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 10 years and two kids later, here's what life actually looks like. I saw someone at Botanic Gardens, they were taking an engagement picture. And um, I was with my wife, we were going for a walk. We've been married for 20 years. And, uh, and I was like, I was like, I was seeing these people who were so happy and I was so happy for them, but I was like, you have no idea. (laughs) You have no idea. But I think it's really important for everyone to also recognize, like, it's a choice. And, and Bella, if you wanted to be with someone else, if you decided you want to be with someone else next week, do you feel like you could be with someone else? (laughs) So we're me as a married person. Yeah. Like you decided you didn't want to be married and you want, and if there's, I hope like, you know, your marriage, I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to be talking about stuff that's sensitive. No, like, no, no, no. Right. Like, you talk about anything. Right. I mean, if if my husband decided to kick me to the curb or vice versa, would I find someone else? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do I want to find someone else? No. We're no. pretty, it's like, He's the lid to my pot, you know, right. it's easy. Like we know, like, do I really want to start this over again? God, no. Right. It's like, we've so much shared history together. Right. And, and people fantasize sometimes like, oh my God, it'd be so fun to date. I'm like, it'd be fun to date for like a week. And then you're like, could I go home now? <laughs> right. Well, right. I was, I was doing this event and and I was talking about an ex and everyone in the audience was like, Ooh, and I'm like, listen, you know, I, I, I still know like, you know, one of the exes, a couple of my exes, one of them just sent me a note the other day and I was very friendly. And it wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh, this is exciting. It was like, oh, that was a nice person who was in my life. And I'm glad that they still have a nice feeling about me. And, and that's great. And I think a lot of young people get confused because they think like people who are newer to dating that if, you know, if you're not with someone, you have to not like them and there has to be some, some bad feeling, but the thing about dating and relationships, it's it's a choice and we choose to be with someone and we continue to be with someone. And if we work and want to continue to have that, it's, it's, it's an intentional choice and a decision we're making. And I think that part is sometimes a little confusing. The idea that even when you're married, even when you're in a relationship, you're choosing to continue that every day. It is a every choice, day. right? Every even day. though, even though we make vows, it is a choice and there's things we do and ways we have to communicate. And that brings us back to before you even meet someone, before you even have that first back and forth, having a really great relationship with yourself and working to establish that relationship with yourself, but then seeing, okay, I would like to meet other people. I don't need to have someone to be complete, but it would be wonderful to share some of my time with someone who can make my life a little richer and add a little something. So when we see someone who we find interesting or attractive, what is the best way to approach that person? Just make eye contact with the person and smile at first from across the room, right? So you don't have to do like a bull in China shop cold approach, like, and just walk in, you know, just see if you can catch their attention. You know, I always say three seconds of eye contact and a smile is really nice. And if this person looks back at you, it's sort of an invitation and it just breaks the ice without having to walk over and meet somebody like you and I can practice this. Like it feels like an eternity. Ready? Let's do three seconds of eye contact and a smile. One, two, three. Feels like an eternity, right? 
And so, but if you can do I'm that, so or at are, least- we are we done? Are we done? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's so fun. And it's fun, right? And you just are like, oh my God, I just did that. And I tell people like, walk down the street and practice making eye contact with people and smiling at them while they're walking towards you and pretend you're having a staring contest like you did when you were a kid. But of course, don't just stare at them because you'll look creepy. They'll be like, why is that person angry and staring at me? But look at people in the eye and smile and start to just build, put training wheels on. If you have social anxiety, so many kids and teenagers do, so many adults do, right? So many of us, especially pre-COVID, during COVID, post-COVID, it's it's become even more apparent. But just start to do these things. And then if that person looks back at you and smiles, okay, that's great. Then maybe try it again five minutes later. Look at them, smile. If they're looking right back at you and smiling again, then I think it's your invitation to just be like, hey, have you been here very often? Or, hey, I know you were staring at me because you were really staring at my necklace or whatever it is. Just you can say something lighthearted and it doesn't have to be, hey, I think you're hot. Could I give you my snap? That's not what you have to do. It's like, ask a question about the environment, like, oh, you know what? I've never seen you in the Starbucks before. Have you been here before? Like, or what are you drinking? That looks so interesting. It's super pink. Make conversation about a prop that's in their hand, the environment. Then it doesn't seem so forced or cheesy. Right. And for people who freeze up and they're like, wow, I can't even imagine doing that. You know, I, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to make someone uncomfortable. How do you respond to that? You need to do it. It's like somebody that's phobic of a plane. How are you going to actually fly? What are they going to actually make you do? They're going to make you get on a plane and they're going to make you get on a plane again and again and again until you're like, okay, this is okay. This is what, you know, in the therapy world, they call exposure therapy. You got to do it. You you got to do it. And it's not, if you walk up to someone and they're like, oh, it's really charming of you, but I'm married. You did it. All I want you to do is decide you're going to do it and then give yourself a point for having done it, not based on the other person's response. Just, oh my gosh, I made conversation with the stranger. That's amazing. If it's too daunting to think about doing that, do it with the gender you're not interested in, right? Start to put training wheels on this because you have to build your approaching muscle. Right. And I I love that idea of, so it's really a winner learn mindset. This idea that success is not about the outcome. Success is about the act of actually sharing. And, and I like to add to add to that uh, giving someone, you're giving someone an invitation to participate in one of the most wonderful things in the world. And that's a chance to be in your life. And they're, they're not required to RSVP yes or no. In fact, they don't even need to RSVP because just by giving them and extending that invitation, you've already won. Like that's it. That's success. That's it. I'm just going to grade you on. Did you do it? That's it. It's the action alone. It's like you want to go to the gym. We just talked about weight. I'm not going to grade you. Did you burn 3000 calories today on the Peloton? No, I'm going to say, did you keep your promise to yourself? That's it. Was that a 15 minute walk? Was that a 30 minute ride? You did something amazing. Amazing. Now, if it's too hard for someone to do this, I really encourage them to think people places patients. You know, it's like, who are your people? 
Bella is an amazing person, Smart Dating Academy. She also has a Smart Dating Academy podcast. So Bella is someone who's in your corner. She has a place. She helps people, coaches people. Therapists are amazing. Uh, people who have been there and done it, who have helped you. You know, I was um, I was mentioning there. I was mentioning um, eating. You know, like body image and eating. And I discovered something. I'm going to go on a quick tangent, but bring me back. Um, so I was recently diagnosed with adult ADHD, and um, I'm super excited about this. Like I really am, because I'm, I'm like, what? I'm You're so like, yay. You know, <laughs> I love learning and I love understanding. And one of the things about me is I'm great when I make lists. I'm great when I plan things out. Like our conversation, I got a list and, you know, I know where I'm going and you got your list there. So it really helps me to stay on track. Wow. <laughs> uh, you're, so you're like, right, this is great. I can't wait to do this. So I'm going to get an executive functioning coach, but I'm also really going to be very clear with, with lists, with lists. And I'm going to work with eating. Cause I think eating, like I've, you know, I can maintain a great weight or I can maintain, I maintain a weight that's a little bit heavier than I'd like. Like my suit is a little tight for, I'm going to wear a different suit for a wedding. Cause the one I, the other one is like too snug, but I know that if I make a list of like what I want to eat and, you know, I'm going to use list list building to help with my ADHD and eating. Cause I never really thought to do that to link the two. So what happened is, you know, I'm, you know, obviously not 20, but I have a therapist and then I had this evaluation and I've got people who are helping me. And I want to just ask you, Bella, when it comes to the importance of people who can't talk to that person at Starbucks, their social anxiety is so debilitating that they have to check out, you know, the importance of getting help. Like the people you coach, do many of them also have other people on their team helping them? Yeah, 100%. It takes a damn village people to find love. Okay. And so, <laughs> right. Therapist, coaches, executive functioning coaches, different kinds of therapists. I've got clients in EMDR therapy, somatic therapy, talk therapy. There's a whole litany of different kinds of things. If you need to work out, you can have a personal trainer. I have a personal trainer that put me into physical therapy and you can have a nutritionist, right? It takes a village. You can have a personal stylist to help you get more confident in the way you look, right? We're date coaches that help people to look their best online and then put their best foot forward and make sure that they're picking people that are good for them, like personal trainers for their love lives. There's so many resources out there, you guys, that just didn't exist 30 years ago. Harlan's job didn't exist when we were with, by the way, we went to high school together, like little side note, my job <laughs> didn't exist back in the day. There are so many things and people that will fall over themselves to be your elevator people, to elevate you, to support you, to be in your corner. Like Harlan said, don't you are worth the investment. I love that. And I love knowing, and for other people to know, like you have your, you have people who can support you. So when people are like, oh, I can't find a boyfriend, I can't find a girlfriend, I can't find someone. My question to you is like, what is holding you back? What's the fear? And and who are some of the people who can help you if you can't say what you want to do? And, and even the idea of taking the risk scares you to know end. you're like, success is not about just approaching someone. And if I make eye contact and, and they don't make eye contact with me, I'll be devastated. It's like, I... I can help you and do everything I can to support you and, and, and Bella as well of how we can reframe dating. So you can recognize 
rejection isn't about you. Uh, rejection is about the universe, the universal rejection truth. It says not everyone and everything will always respond to me the way I always want. And when you engage in an activity and you participate in life, there's the universal rejection truth at play. You could be the best, the brightest, the most desirable, and not everyone will always want you. And like you were just it's saying, fine. and it's, the, fine. it's fine, right? It's fine. And I just wanted to spend the first half just really making it clear because I think all the other aspects of dating and relationships become so much more manageable when you actually like yourself and think that you have value. Because then if you say something stupid, like that, that's like a ridiculous thing to say, like you were talking about the pink, not that saying like the lemonade is so pink or the drink is so pink, but you could be like, oh, your drink is so pink. I've never seen something so pink. And and you could walk out being like, pink, what an idiot. Why did like, I say what, that? Yeah. Why, why did I say that? But tell me if, if this is right or wrong. If you genuinely have an interest and someone genuinely has an interest in you, like how much room is there to say the wrong thing? There isn't, right? And you can just laugh about it at the end of the day. And again, don't flagellate yourself. If you're just like, oh my God, if I would have said something different, she would have talked to me. No, probably not. Remember, people are going to respond to you in the way they want to. And just because as Harlan says, they don't respond to you in the way you want them to, it's okay. Not everything's going to go your way. Give yourself a point and don't beat yourself up. Just applaud yourself for having done something. Yeah. So hopefully this reduces some of your fear. You can't say the wrong thing. It's, it's, it's okay if someone doesn't respond the way you want. Your goal is to practice, to just get into the arena and to start experiencing and experimenting. So that idea of offending someone, the risk of offending someone, I'm going to approach someone and you know, they have a boyfriend, they have a girlfriend, they, they're they already in a relationship and, I, and I'm talking to them. Um, oh, I'm so embarrassed. This is so bad. Is that so bad? Why? Why is that so bad? Right. I mean, I've gone out and even with the ring on and I'll have someone, you know, a guy will be like, oh my gosh, you know, would you like to grab a glass of wine? I'm like, you know, under different circumstances, perhaps I'm married, but I so appreciate the invitation. Right. And I never go, oh my God, how bizarre someone asked me out for a glass of wine. No, it's like, wow. Okay. It's great. It's a little bit of self-esteem like, wow. Okay. I still got it. And I don't ever look badly at someone for having done that, nor should you don't be afraid of that. So reminder that Bella has options. We've talked about this before. <laughs> Got a lot of people approaching her, asking her for glasses of wine. And she says no, because she chooses to be in her relationship. But that, but I mean, it, it really is, it really is that. And we have to trust that we're with someone that wants to be in, in that relationship. And when someone asks you that, that, that is flattering. I like when anyone wants me. I'm like this, it's nice to be wanted. You know, it's I'm going nice to be offended. I don't care who, who wants me. It's nice. I'm like, thank you. This is good. I'm flattered. I'm honored. Right. It's right. like, oh my gosh. Amazing. Right. So, so nice. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So now get out of your own head, guys. I just, I feel like I want to go on a little soliloquy here. Your biggest enemy is yourself. It's no one else. And I have a 15 year old, I have a 19 year old, and I see the struggles and the things they worry about. Oh, what's so-and-so going to say if I ask so-and-so to homecoming? I'm like, you know what? No one cares. 
No one. No one cares. No, they might, you think they care. They really don't care. They're thinking about themselves and their own insecurities. And for those of you, you know, I know social media has made things so much harder than when Harlan and I were growing up. And that was hard enough anyway, but we weren't surrounded by the things you guys are surrounded by. All I want you to know is I work with people your age. Harlan works with people your ages. And I want you to know that what you see on social media isn't always true. No, it's really you true. Not, right? You're not the only person out there without a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a significant other or with social anxiety or with fears of rejection. We're all wired that way as humans. And the, the more we talk about that and the more we recognize that and share our vulnerabilities in, in, in an appropriate way, in a timely way, right. it becomes more attractive. It's like there's this authenticity where if somebody's going to tell me something that isn't what I would see or hear on social media, then you know I could trust them. Like even with me, I don't, I, I don't know if I've shared the adult ADHD. I think I, I, talked, to, I talked to one other person, I was talking to Mark Brackett the other day on a podcast and, sh and shared that because, you know, it's like, I'm not embarrassed to be who I am. And it's like, love me or leave me. Um, and if you leave me, then, you know, I got a lot to do. I uh, love you a little more because you have adult ADHD. If that was <laughs> even possible. <laughs> but I think it's, it's like, those are the things and I'm, and I, and rejection. And it's like, when I talk to middle schoolers and, and I talk about my rejections, it's like, all of a sudden we have this, this kinship, you know, I'm this adult and all of a sudden. So, okay, Bella, we are going to go through, we're going to go through like a 20 minute speed round. Okay. We're okay. going to get into the nitty gritty. We're going to give people some actionable information. And if we need to do a part two, we'll do a part two. I think we could have a lot of fun together. Um, this is great. Okay. So when I approach someone, um, should I ask them for their number? What's the best way for me to go from meeting someone to asking them to do something? Okay. How old are you? Are you a teenager or are you a grown-up? I'm 20. You're 20. Right. At that point, you know, I see what my kids do. You can ask for someone's snap, follow them on Instagram, um, or, you know, that seems to be the easiest way to meet people like, oh, I got her snap. Okay. That's great. You know, or you can say, would you mind if I texted you sometime? Okay. So when you have that initial contact where you make it clear that I have interest in you, mm -hmm. um, how do you make it clear that I'm interested in something romantic versus I'm interested in just getting to know you as a friend? I'm going to put a little caveat on that for you. You don't know that you're romantically interested in this person. Just be interested in getting to know them and you get the steering wheel of making that decision. Do you actually like this person just because they look hot and you're attracted to them? You might not, you might discover they're 50 shades of crazy, right? So you want to just look at dating as getting to know people, getting to know people from a friendship standpoint. And then you get to decide, gosh, would I want to be in a romantic relationship with this person? You don't know that up front. You know that someone's hot, but you don't know that you want them to be your boyfriend or girlfriend. So it's okay to, to say to someone, hey, do you want to do you want to hang out or do you want to grab dinner? And and if somebody doesn't know, is this person asking me as as a friend or and I think maybe the distinguishing factor could be as someone who they potentially might want to be more than friends with. You know, it's kind of it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a date where we where romance is expected 
but so many people get lost in this in this friend zone or this misunderstanding and 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 really making it clear what your intentions are you know if you say do you want to go on a date someone knows well a date is different than hanging out are there any rules or language that and and it, rules are loose and rules you know can change but do you have any suggestions regarding the language no, I mean, just say, you know what, would you want to go, you know, grab coffee and go on a walk, right? right. Do you want to grab a drink? Like easy. And then you're keeping the steering wheel in your hands. You're not saying I would like to go out on a date with you. See what it is, right? And then if you really like this person the second or the third time, then, you know, you can amp it up a little bit and decide what you want to do at that point. But I don't think you necessarily have to have to say, I have romantic inclinations towards you and I would like to take you out for a date. It might seem creepy right away. Just yeah. say, do you want to hang out? Do you want right. to grab a cup of coffee? Do you want to go for a walk and go to the, a place where you're both comfortable? right? Don't go to each other's houses. Let me just discuss this. No one needs to pick you up at your house. You don't need to pick them up. Nobody needs to come and see where you live. Safety is a primary concern for me and Smart Dating Academy. We've had zero incidences. Be safe and be smart. Great. When it comes to what to do on a first date or on a first outing, you know, first get together, Someone who has never dated before, who's really nervous, who maybe doesn't have a lot of money, who, because these are things people tell me, I don't have money, I can't afford to date, I don't know what to do, I don't want to have a bad date. Um, what are some suggestions on things to do on a first date to uh, make it a little easier to interact? Grab, grab a cup of coffee and go for a walk. Everything is easier when your body is moving. Okay. Number one, because you get to channel that nervous energy into repetitive movement that you're good at, which is walking. And you don't have to think too much about it. I'm not a fan of axe throwing. Like what if you suck at axe throwing? Like you don't want to do that. Go for a walk. And numerous studies show that when we are side by side with somebody, we tend to disclose more authentic and personal information than when we're sitting there staring into each other's eyes. So movement, low stakes, and you know, just walking and talking. You can't run out of conversation if you're walking, if you're going for a walk. There's always a funny dog. There's a bird. There's a crazy person in the park. I live in the city. There's always a lot going on in every neighborhood. You're never going to be lacking for conversation and context. What if somebody says, I don't really know what to talk about, you know, and I, I just don't want to embarrass myself? You're already in your own head, right? Get out of your own head. The best way to be interesting is to become interested in the person that you're with. Ask them like, wow, like, tell me, like, how did you get here? Where did you grow up? Did you know you always wanted to go to school here? Right? Like I, I was picking schools at the last minute, right? Be interested in the other person. If you're shy or introverted, your listening skills can be your superpower. Yeah, that's great advice. When you get that number and you are excited, how long should you wait to interact? Look at the person's body language. If they seem super excited about it too, text them the same day, right? If they're like, oh my God, I would love that. See what happens, text them the same day. And, you know, or wait a day. I'm not a fan of playing games. If you feel like the person's as excited as you are, just text them 
Like, I'll be like, I'm putting your number in my phone. I'm going to text you right now. Even when I meet new women out that I like, that I want to grab a cup of coffee with from a business standpoint, it's like, okay, here's my number. Do you got it? Yeah. And then she'll text me back. Okay. We're in each other's phones. Great. Let's grab wine next week. Okay, good. Do, 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 do. Super easy. So I want to be clear from one of the world's leading experts in dating and relationships. there, There really are no rules when it comes to how long you should wait or how quickly you can respond. Right. No, I love it. You be you, boo. Okay. I love it. Right. You don't have to wait 72 hours. There's so much bad information out there. Do what feels good to you. Don't overthink it. Remember, if a person likes you, they're not going to keep you guessing. And if you text someone that day and you don't hear from them, period. Okay. I always say you can give them one nudge text, maybe wait two, three days. And if they don't respond again, you have your answer. And remember, that's not rejection because Bella says, oh, I'm looking for someone that likes me a little bit more. If someone doesn't respond, they failed our test. Bye. Bless and release. Done. Done deal. Then you say next. You go next. Yeah. Thank you. Next. People don't always know that there's a next. And that brings us to dating apps. So I tell a lot of, you know, new daters, people who have, you know, had one or two heartbreaks say listen how do people find you it is so hard for you to find someone if you're hiding or if you're not accessible if your world is straight lines from one place to another and i'm a fan of dating apps and if some people say you know they're just for hooking up and you know i think it's really about what you want it to be because you're the one who holds the steering wheel as you said so when it comes to dating apps, what are what are your thoughts uh, on dating apps? And then give us a quick little like essentials for a great dating profile. Yeah, I think dating apps are a great way to meet people. I know kids on college campuses have Tinder, have Bumble, you know, adults. Clearly, I am a fan of dating apps because they expose you to people that you might not come across in your real life. Are they easy? No. Does it feel like needle in a haystack? Absolutely. But it's something that you don't want to say no to, especially if you're not meeting an abundance of people in your everyday life. Right. Right. I think especially if there's certain like population you're trying to meet, you know, if it's so segmented and you and you have such a narrow idea of, of matches and, and there are interest groups, I think that's helpful. Um, Give us real briefly, just like a quick, you know, do's and don'ts of creating your online profile. Yeah. Give it some thought. You shouldn't write it in five minutes, right? And have somebody look at it. Somebody that's candid and honest and good at it. You want to have six good photos of you, no selfies, no weird photos with other people with sunglasses on where you're drinking too much, a good headshot. You've got to have body shots of what you look like today, not 10 pounds ago or three years ago. People want to date the person in the picture. And we build fantasies around the photos that people post. So the biggest disservice you can do is post glammed up, filtered up photos of yourself. You are beautiful and whole, just like you are, as Harlan said, you are enough. Put yourself out there zhuzh up a little bit in your photos, right? Don't have schlumpy dumpy, you know, here's a photo of me, you know, I've been sweaty and in the sun all day hiking. Like that's, you want to show the best version of yourself. 
right? And you don't have to show all of the different versions of yourself. And no, you're not gonna not gonna look cheesy if you post really good photos of yourself, right? And no duck face. Yeah, no, just be normal and take good pictures of yourself. Most importantly, have somebody take them for you and don't have where's Waldo shots where you've got seven of your friends in the photos and somebody doesn't know who you are. Yeah. What about when it comes to communicating what you what you want and who you are? You know, are there any red flags that people can avoid? Don't be negative. That's the most important thing. Like I can tell you, you know, if you talk about dating apps like Tinder or Bumble, you basically have like two tweets to write about yourself. You can't describe yourself in that. So, you know, pick some fun facts about yourself and go forward. But the worst things people do is please do not contact me if. And any negativity, I automatically have my clients left swipe or blow off those people. You cannot put up gates by saying, please do not contact me if you're separated, if you're unemployed, if you don't have a green card, whatever the stuff, I see the stuff every day. I'm like, God, what made you think that was a good idea to put that in there? Do you think when you put those filters and and you make it clear what you don't want, even if those are true statements? When you communicate that in this quick profile, you're communicating uh, you know, negativity. Hundred percent. And and that tends to be the the person who uh, is behind the profile. Yeah, it's unpalatable. It's like, would you walk into a job interview talking about all the things you don't want? Of yeah. course you wouldn't, right? And we don't put the same logic to partner search. There's a lot of similarities between a really good job search and partner search. Right. Okay. So we could we could do a deeper dive on all of these, but I'm I'm just trying to get to some of our our broadest strokes, and then I, I need to do I need to do this again because there, there's just a bunch of things I, I want to dive deep into breaking up, how to how to interact with an ex, um, how to even move on, and I don't know if we're gonna have time for it, but I, I want to get to sex. Um, so how <laughs> sounded awkward, but how how soon? Should well, first of all, if somebody doesn't want to have sex or does want to have sex, like what role does sex even play? Like when do you start talking about sex when you're dating? I have my clients practice what we call sex exclusivity. Stay out of sex until you're in a committed exclusive relationship, right? Especially for women, we we have oxytocin in gargantuan amounts, especially during orgasm, which attaches us to a person that may not be worth our attachment. So slow and steady wins the race at Smart Dating Academy. My clients go on 15 plus dates with a person while they're dating other people, not sleeping together before we decide we're going to be in a committed exclusive relationship. So taking it really slowly. And again, my rules might not work for you. That's fine. You do you, boo. Maybe that's three dates. Maybe it's six dates. Maybe it's you don't know until you meet the person. That's fine. But have the conversations. Don't just, you know, have your own expectations that you're going to foist upon somebody and don't feel talked into doing something that you're not comfortable with yet because the other person wants that. You need to have a voice. You need to know what's okay and what's no okay, not okay. Right. So the right reasons to have sex, I know you just mentioned some of these, but I think especially people who aren't really uh, experienced and don't know if they want to, or aren't sure if they want to, or don't have that experience even gauging like when's the right time. So 
what are some of the what are some of the signs that that it is the the right time and what are some of the signs it's the wrong time or not the right time it depends on your intentions. If you just want to go out and hook up and get laid, fine. Anyone can do that in five minutes. If that's your intention, great. Just make sure that you're not misrepresenting your intentions with someone else, right? Because then that's kind of foul play and that's where bad yeah. feelings happen. But if your intention is a relationship, then you're going to want to pace things differently. You're going to want to get to know somebody, make sure that they're a good fit for you. Make sure you're not attaching to somebody too soon. Cause a lot of times premature sex leads to stunted intimacy, right? Unless you're one of those really lucky people, like my best friend in college ended up, she'd never done this before, had sex with the guy that she met in a bar on the very first date, they're now married for 25 years and have three kids, but that's more the exception than the rule. I guess it's like, how do you explain that? Cause I, because I know, like I am in full agreement that like go slow, slow is safe. You know, someone, if someone just wants to have sex with you, they're going to get bored and they're going to move on if you go slow. And yeah. it's a good know, filter. Ho- hopefully. Right. Then there are some people who just go slow with lots of different people because they have these intentions. But how do you know what someone's intentions are? How do you filter through people who just want to use you and people who want to have a genuine connection with you? Watch what they do. Watch their actions. Are they consistent? Are they reliable? Are they doing what they said they would do? Are they kind? Are they treating you nicely? Do they have good relationships with other people, right? Don't ignore red flags. If somebody's like, wow, you know, this dude is really bad news bears and, you know, hooks up with people all the time and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and doesn't have a really good reputation, take that to heart. You know, it's pretty rare that you're going to be the person that's going to change that person. That's the stuff of rom-coms. It's not really reality. Right. What is one of the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to ghosting and and working through that feeling that you get when someone you like or have shared something with is no longer responding to you? It sucks. It's painful. Emotional pain lights up the same sensors in our brain as physical pain, right? So it's hard, right? And I've had people get ghosted after a date or just after conversations and people that have been ghosted after five great dates or two years. It's awful, right? And so how do you, I mean, the things people do to each other is crazy. And so number one, if you have been ghosted, I'm sorry. It's terrible. It's happened to all of us, whether it's through dating or even friends have ghosted each other. Sometimes friend ghostings can be much harder than romantic ghostings. And just know that it's really hard. It is painful. And don't shame yourself for feeling sad or in pain. And just know that you dodged a bullet. People that ghost are afraid of having real conversations. They're afraid of conflict. If this person just left you high and dry and ghosted you, it says more about them than you. Absolutely. You're not a grown up. No, it's immature. It's selfish. It doesn't really, it, it doesn't serve anyone but that person. And I think it really is definitely a reflection of that. And it's a great reminder. So Bella, I think we've given people a place to start. I think right. we've given them a, a first step. I think that they could, should go slow. They 
can also identify some of the red flags, you could go to smartdatingacademy.com, smartdatingacademy.com, and you can see some of Bella's blogs. You can read about some of the mistakes, the top five mistakes that people make. And I really like that the conversation. You have a great one on your website with Steve Harvey. That, that's a phenomenal one. And um, I don't like to repeat things that people can necessarily get to watch, but I want to direct them. And then also you have a wonderful blog on, it's the seven things, I think it's the seven steps to heal faster when dealing with a breakup. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And I should know. <laughs> uh, well, you got, you do so much and you help so many people in so many different ways. So I encourage everybody to visit Bella's website, the Smart Dating Academy, also the Smart Dating Academy podcast, which um, is wonderful and a great place to get more information. You know, dating and relationship, there's no class, right? There, there is no class. It's one of the things we all experience in life, but yet there's no formal training. And yeah. I think there's a desperate need. And I like to fill that role whenever I can. And, and I know you've been filling that role for years. So I'm really grateful to have you. Thanks for being so generous with your time. Is there any is there anything else you wanted to leave us with or or one bit of advice that you wanted to share to to anybody who's been listening? You know, I hope that you find yourself inspired to know that if you are looking for love, I'll tell you what, the lid to your pot exists. Do the thing that you know you need to do to take your first step. You know what that is. Harlan doesn't need to tell you. I don't need to tell you. Just search deep. Self-awareness is really important and be courageous. Remember, that doesn't mean you should feel no fear. Courage is acting even though you're afraid. Go do that thing. And that's where true confidence comes from, doing the thing that you're afraid of and realizing, oh, shit, that didn't kill me. And then you can do it again tomorrow and you can do it twice. So go be courageous. Do you think there's only one lid to a pot or are there lots of different lids? Multiple. And, 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 and does the ever, does the, does the lid, does the shape of the lid ever change, you know, as the pot changes? It can, all of those things can happen. But I think that we have many people that can be great lids to our pot. You can have a red lid or a cast iron lid or a tempered glass lid. So yeah. And sometimes as we change, right, when we're in our twenties looking for somebody potentially to have a family with, that's going to be a different search than when you're in your fifties and you're done with marriage and kids, or you just know that's not an option for me. We're going to date differently at that point. One last question. When somebody writes me, writes me and says, I don't want to date for dating sake. I want to date to find my life partner and they're 18 or 19 and they're not dating and waiting because they want to find their life partner. What do you say to that person? Call me. <laughs> <laughs> they need to date, right? You need to date. You're, that person is not, Santa's not going to put that person down your chimney or under your Christmas tree. You have to have options because, and you might come from a culture or a religion where your parents will say, okay, here's the right person for you. But remember, you're the person that is going to spend the lifetime with this life partner, not your family. So you want to be in the driver's seat. What if they say, I only want to date one person at a time. I can't date two people. That's not nice. That's not kind. 
It's, it's, it's so it's, kind. It's kind to yourself and it's kind to the other person because it gives them breathing room as well. Have a dating funnel. That's what we specialize in. Have multiple irons in the fire. I, Harlan, you said something in the beginning. Options give you power. Okay, the more people that you have, and be upfront, yes, you have a dating funnel. You're not telling anybody you're exclusive with them. It makes you settle way less. It makes you more objective while you're dating people to go, okay, she's actually a better fit for me than this one. I'm starting to like her more, right? And it keeps you, and people feel confidence. When you have multiple options, you date a little differently. Yeah. How about that? All right. So we're going to leave everybody. That's a that's a lot to think about to close this out. But Bella, I'm so grateful to have you here. Thanks for being so generous. It was so fun any, to be here. Oh, it's, it's you. awesome. You're the best. If anyone has questions, comments, let's talk more. This is a subject we'll be, uh, we, we will be exploring in greater detail throughout coming episodes. Thanks, Bella. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks.